be seated. Our scripture reading this morning is the 13th Psalm, Psalms number 13. If you'd like to join me in reading, turning your Bibles to Psalms 13. And we begin at verse 1. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Amen. Luke chapter 8. And I'd like to read the first three verses. Luke 8, beginning in chapter, or in verse 1. And it came to pass afterwards, afterward, that he, the Lord Jesus, went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad things of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of <coughs> Chusa Herod Stuart, and Susanna and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. What a privilege. What an honor to walk with Christ yeah. as he went through this world that day as it is recorded here in Luke. We see these examples of those who went with him he went doing exactly what the Lord Jesus did everywhere he went during that ministry after he had left the home of his parents preaching the gospel showing the good things of the kingdom of God showing the glad tidings the good news the gospel of the kingdom of God of which who he is the gospel. He, the Savior of his people. That's the good news. There's a Savior. One who has provided all that we need to spend with an eternity with him in heaven. What a, what a privilege. You know, you and I have the same Amen. privilege and honor this day. Yeah. Pastor Gene is always expressing to me I have the privilege of once again standing in a pulpit, even though I'm retired, even though 
I, I don't study like I used to. He goes, I'm always preaching in my mind, and God continues to honor me with the, with the ability to do so on an occasion. What a privilege, what an honor. But, you know, it's not just for those who stand here in the pulpit and preach. Think about that. Think about the privilege it is for each and every one of you to put the world away for a few moments, to step away from our lives. And what busy lives we have, do we not? Do we not have much going on in our lives? Even Kathy and I, coming back from the trip, the fact that I've had a cold now for over eight days, I can't get further than 10 feet away from the bed before I start hacking my head off. I'm thankful God has given me the ability to stand here today. It's an honor Amen. that I, I can hold my cough for a few moments to speak to you. It's an honor for you to come out today and hear that word spoke. What a privilege it is. You know how many thousands and thousands of people today are sitting in pulpits all over the world hearing about a God of their own imagination. And there's thousands of them. We don't have to just point our fingers at free will doctrine Christians or, or, or Methodists or anything. You can say there's thousands of folks who are worshiping false gods. And you and I, you and I were right there. I know I didn't have some religion that I was involved in, but folks, I was involved in the religion of John. You may not have known it then, but as children of God, you know it now. You had your own religion too. Might have been hugging trees. Who knows? Might have been. Might have been. Might have been something. Uh, uh, what are they like? An environmentalist has. You know the weather. We all had our own imagination of who God was until the day that we heard the truth spoke. What a privilege to be here this morning to worship the true and living God. What do you hold closest to your heart in this world? What is, what is your most valuable thought, your most valuable possession? Some may be a wife. You know, it's been difficult for my wife to understand the joy that it brings me to take her and do things for her. I just, I have a great love in my heart to do things for her. I love it. I know there's other things that I have problems doing, but doing things for her, just great blessing. Some folks have that as their treasure. Their only walk, their only treasure in this life as they walk through is taking care of their wife or taking care of their husband. Or maybe it's a piece of land. Maybe it's a piece of land that we had for many years. Maybe that was our treasure. Silver, maybe. Gold. I think of the character, some of you have seen it, maybe some of you haven't, the movie Lord of the Rings. There was a character he's real scriggly and all skin and bones and just scribbled up and he he walked on all four, uh, even though he was humanistic with arms and legs. He still was down on his hands and knees, all hands and feet all the time. 
He had nothing. He had a, he had a towel wrapped around him. A little piece of a rag. He lived in the caves. He had no friends, no nothing. But he had a gold ring. And he would pray, play with that gold ring all the day long while he was in that cave. Drove him mad. And he called it precious. Gold. We can have so many things in this world that we would call precious. What is most precious to you this day? I ask that sincerely because we are so susceptible to making anything we have in our life our most precious thing we have. Let's see what God's word says about precious things. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6, please. One of the quickest ways to turn from a sin that besetting us, a thought of a sin, is to turn and think upon the things of heaven. You start thinking about anger. Sometimes that pops up so quick you can't think of anything else before it. But if you can, anger starts rising up inside of you. It's a hatred of something. Or, or maybe a lust. Maybe a lust. God help us as we walk the beaches of this world. Or, or maybe a doubt. Does God really love me? Maybe a doubt. Is, is God really all power over everything? Is he really going to keep me and bring me home at the last? Or is he just hanging me out here to, to dangle for a bit? Maybe it's doubt that rises up within us. Or, or, or envy. You know, he, he seems so strong in the faith. Why can't I be more like him? Lord, Lord, how come I can't be so loving as that person there? That's envy. Or maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's jealousy. Are you looking at my wife? Or maybe even fornication. How about self-righteousness? Do you struggle with the sin of self-righteousness? You know, I'm, I'm a different person today than I was before the Lord saved me. I, I do all kinds of good things now. I, I, I go down to town and I work in the soup kitchens. I, I, I give money to people who come to the church. Do you struggle with sin? The best way to turn, the best way to approach that struggle is to close your eyes and look to the one who saves us from our sin. To look to the one who's strong enough to beat it.
and you start thinking about the Lord and his love for his people. And he'll help you. He'll help you with that sin. You start turning, you, 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 you turn from the thought that may be going through your mind and you, and you consider the depth of that love in him becoming flesh, how deep it is of the love of God to lower himself, to humble himself from the majesty that was his, the glory that was his in heaven, and become flesh for you. When you start considering the depth of his love for you <coughs> in becoming flesh, you can't help but think about that. The grace of God in coming to this world to save you from your sin. From the very sin that your mind is pretending or playing with at that moment. Lord, help me. Or, or, or to stop and to consider the depth of that love in establishing himself as your sacrifice. He's the perfect spotless lamb that we present to God, that he presented himself to God for us. We don't present him. We do now. Because he's done a work in our hearts to give us that ability to. Yeah. When those sins or more that I just listed off, <coughs> excuse me, When they begin to well up around us, when, when our own self-righteousness or our own doubt rises up around us like the waves of the ocean, we put those aside in our thoughts for a moment and we think of that love, that love of God that sits on his throne right now making intercession for you. Shame on me for even allowing that thought to come into my mind, but it did. But I have an intercession, an interceder. I have a perfect, spotless sacrifice that God has provided himself for me. That though that thought went through my mind, Though I may have allowed it to even go further and make an act upon that. He paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. But he is the one who has washed it white as snow. How do you fight sin? Look to Christ. Where is your treasure in this world? I'll tell you this. If it's him... If he has made himself your treasure, that's the only place to look. There's nothing in this flesh that I can have any confidence in. There's nothing in your flesh that you can count on to get you through it. But what a great, loving God who has given himself for us. 
Turn your eyes upon the one who has loved you from before the foundation of the world. Listen to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. <coughs> we'll be there in Matthew 6 in just a moment. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him. Now look with me, if you would, at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust nor corrupt nor the thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We fall into sin so easily when we take our eyes off of our true treasure and we look to the things of this world. Oh, I can turn away from that. I can fight that. I can, I can hold that anger down that swells up inside of me. I can, I can take that doubt that my Lord is hearing me. I can take that doubt and put that away to the side. I, I can do that. No, I can't. Folks, we're weak. We are so weak. And it's not going to get any better till the day the Lord takes us out of this body of death. We're going to continue to take our eyes off from Him until the day we are delivered from this body of death. But when we do, when we fall to the weaknesses of this flesh, we fall not into despair no, our treasure is laid up in heaven. Our substitute who has paid that price, he who is perfect and knew no sin, was made to be my sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that's the story of every child of God. He is our righteousness. Faith is the victory. It's not my faith that's the victory. It's the who the faith is in. And as we all know, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, <coughs> that faith is a gift of God, is it not? This is the treasure of God's people. This is the treasure that we have in us. It's a Savior. It's a, the belief, the faith in our, in our Savior, a holy and unblemished sacrifice. We have the gospel of Christ in our hearts. The good news that salvation is of the Lord and of the Lord alone. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 if you would. We have the light of the world. The heavenly treasure that shined in a new heart. We came into this world with a heart that was dead. Dead dog dead. Stinking dead dead in trespasses and sin and that old heart that hated the true and living God had to be cut away. Why did we hate the true and living God? Because his truth shows us how wicked we are. We all want to think a little bit of good about us. There's a little bit of good in everybody, right? You just plant a little flame there. There's a little bit of good and Johnny, look how cute he is. 
There's a little bit of good in old Granny. She ain't never heard a flea. Folks, our Lord tells us that we all have sinned and come short of the glory. That includes your grandma. That includes that little baby that folks are holding on to right now. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as, a as children of God, we know it, don't we? We know it. We see it. We see we were once blind. But now we see the truth of what we are and who he is. We have the light of the world shining in our hearts. The heavenly treasure shined in a new heart. Cutting away that old dead heart that hated the true and living God. It had to be circumcised. The stone of unbelief had to be removed. A new heart of love, a belief and belief had to be given. Had to be given. And you can't put new wine in an old vessel. The old would corrupt the new. So we had to be born again. We had to be made willing, as it says in Psalms 110, verse 3. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verses 6 through 7 with me, if you would. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. This is the treasure of heaven. He who hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness. We were talking about that in Bible study. Folks, the power of God comes with his commands. When he speaks, his sheep hear. You know why? Because it's the power of God behind it. I didn't just all of a sudden get smart one day and say, I'm going to start listening to God. He spoke with the power of God. All power. He spoke with the power of God to you. With his power. All power in heaven and earth. Who is going to separate us from the love of God? Could you? I don't want to. But I couldn't even if I wanted to anymore. He's made me willing in the day of his power. That's what the Psalms 110 said. Where I bucked and shook my fist and said, I'll not have that man rule over me. That was all put away. That's that old stony heart that was cut away and a new heart of flesh was given to his people. This is our treasure, our heavenly treasure, a treasure that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ himself because of him, for him, and from him. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. We have this treasure. Isn't that wonderful? What is your treasure? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ who has saved you from all sin, who shall have you because nothing can separate you from him? Folks, everything we have of this world is going to burn up. Nothing. Nothing outside of Christ will survive. And it's only by his grace that we have him. Only by his grace that we have him. We have this treasure 
in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. Is that good news to you? Is that good news to you? I was reading an article the other day, a statement from, supposedly, it's from Spurgeon. You can't believe half the things you see anymore today that maybe have, may have been said of Spurgeon, but it was a good saying, nonetheless. It says, I am assured of one thing, that if God had not chosen me, I sure would not have chosen him. God's people know that, don't we? We know that. When we first heard the preacher say that, I guarantee you, we sat there and said, yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. I know I wouldn't have been looking for him. I know I was running from him. He showed us. He shows us we were running from him. Is this your treasure? Is the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of his son, Jesus Christ, your only hope? Some say yes, and then they put a lot of stock in the way that they're thinking. They think, oh, I've changed. I don't do that anymore. I do this now. That's my assurance. That's my assurance right there. I, I know I'm changed. I know I, I go to church on Sundays now. I know that's, that's I'm different. I, I know I'm different. I just, I know it. That's what it is. Is that yours? Is that yours? Oh, you are putting your stock in the wrong thing. Exactly. Folks, there's only one place of assurance, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one place a, tre a sinner saved by God can have confidence, and that's in our Savior and what he has done. What is your treasure? Is it the new you? Is it your attendant? Is it your giving? Folks, religion will damn your soul. There are many who will go through that door marked death saying, I have done this in his name. And our Lord will say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. The word grace means unmerited favor. God's word does not say that you are saved by grace and then what you will do after that. No. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It also says this in Romans 9.16. That was Ephesians 2.8 and 9. So then it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth. That's not of you who will, who trust in your free will. We met a guy on the boat. I went to a Bible study. You're probably going, what in the world were you doing going to a Bible study on the ship? I don't know. I just got up, didn't have anything to do at 8 o'clock in the morning. The ship was at sea. I said, let's go. So we went. And uh, it really wasn't anything the first day of just an introduction thing, you know, who I am, I, where do I go to church, such and such, such and such, we didn't do it. But the lady that, of the husband who was running the thing, she said, 
why don't we come back tomorrow and consider the words of first of Ephesians chapter 1. And I said, oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, that sounds good, I'll do that. And her husband, and, and he's a super nice guy, I'm not trying to put him down in any way, he, he just very, very, I couldn't understand a word he was saying most of the time, not because I can't hear, but because his voice was so meek, just so low. And uh, so the next day I came back and uh, I said, hey, how about if I read? You know, that way everybody can hear you better, hear it better. Okay, sure. So, so I, read the, I read the first seven verses of Ephesians 1, and, and I didn't say much beyond, beyond what the scripture said. But one of the guys who showed up the second day, he couldn't wait to jump in and declare himself a free willer. He goes, I'm a free willer. Just like that. He was, he was proud of it. He, he goes, and then he went off, and I kind of put him out in my listening after a couple of minutes, and it, he was just all about how he felt Calvinists are way too extreme, uh, they're way too far off, and he started comparing us to the, to the liberals and the conservatives and how they can go one way or the other, and I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that, but uh, it just amazed me that he didn't resist at all declare himself a, a free will Christian, and then he went about describing himself as he believed. I, I believe it means this. And, and then he never referred to any scripture outside of that. Never gave any of God's word to back up anything he said about his belief, except for John 3.16. Other than that, never once quoted any other part of scripture. I couldn't, I, I just sat there and I was amazed at how it was all about his feelings. I feel this. I feel this. Instead of what God's word said. Yeah. God's word says it's all of Christ. You know what? Let's turn over to Ephesians real quick. We've got a minute, and I was almost done with my notes. Turn over to Ephesians. Let's read that real quick. And I'll, I'll try to read it for you exactly how I read it for them. It's right after Galatians, just before Philippians. Ephesians chapter 1. Kevin likes to say, All I did was tell him the word God. That's all I did. I just I, I, I didn't have to explain anything to him. I just tell him the word of God. And that's what I did. I just told him the word of God. Listen to this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. By the will of God. See who he gives credit to right off the bat. First off, it's of Jesus Christ. By the will of God. Given our Lord the glory. Right there. To the saints which are as Ephesus. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father. That's the only place peace can come from. <clears throat> and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God. Now here we go. Here's where your peace is coming from. He's told you that. He's given the, the, uh, the glory to God about him writing the letter in the first place. <clears throat> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're talking about our treasures. That's the title. You know, I, I never did give you a title, did I? Here's my title. Heavenly treasure. <laughs> Where is your treasure? Heavenly treasure. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's the word of God. That's his word. 
according as he hath chosen us in him. Before the foundation, that's verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. What is your treasure? Is it the new you? Is it the attendance? Your giving? No. It can't be that. The word grace means unmerited favor. This is my treasure. Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief, said Paul. He was willing, as we read over in Acts. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. He was willing, Acts chapter 2. Look at verses 21 through 24. Acts chapter 2, verses 21 through 24. And it shall come to pass that who shall ever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. He did it willingly. Christ laid down his life willingly. Out of love, he saw his travail and was pleased, was satisfied. This is the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. He is able, turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, able, this Lord Jesus, my treasure who is in heaven, who came to save sinners, he was willing and he is able, over in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, we read these words, then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are made holy. We are set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus once and for all. He was able. God was able to provide himself our perfect sacrifice. Therefore, he was satisfied because it was of him. He has accomplished what he set out to do. Look at verses 14 through 17. For by one offering, he hath perfected. That means completed. It's done. On that cross, our Lord said, it is finished, and it is finished. Perfection for his people was accomplished forever them that are sanctified. Verse 15, Wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, 
and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no, no more. No. Is that not good news for you? Is that not worthy of being treasured Amen. above all things? Folks, everything that we do right now in this world is temporal. It's all going to go away. Eternity waits beyond that door. And there's only two places the soul will go. One into eternal damnation and torment and the other into the bliss in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is your treasure? Is it in the one who gave himself for you? If God hath perfected you, he will be your treasure too. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Go back to Luke chapter 8. These folks that walked with the Lord as he preached the gospel, you that walk with God as his gospel goes out into the world, those who are privileged and honored by him, come into his presence. We can read these words and relate to this list of folks that he has listed here. And it came to pass afterward, verse 1, chapter 8 of Luke, that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chuzah, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and other, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. I pray God has made himself to be your treasure this day. Will you stand with me, please, and turn in your hymn books to page 81? What an appropriate song. What an appropriate song to close with and singing about our treasure that is laid up in heaven.